0: Welcome back to another episode of More Than a Title. I'm your host, as usual, Jared Thomas, Chief Revenue Officer at Outside the Box Digital. And you know, I got my brother, my brethren, my cousin, your yep. favorite CEO's favorite CEO, my guy pastel chatty. What's good, baby? I brought out the new glasses for this
1: episode. You know, I so I got time. a lot of comments like yo, let me switch it up. Let me see something new. So I brought out the lavenders for the you brought the,
0: the color purples, the, Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> the, <Celies. laughs> the <Cincy> specials. <laughs> You've gone you know, too far if, you know, if, you know the model,
1: if it ain't bright, it ain't right Once again, <laughs> Jesus Christ Summer's not going yet and you're in black Not only are you in black again But a hoodie at that Ladies, and gentlemen, Where is
0: he branding? Is he not branding? He's, for the the brand. He's gonna faint Midway through the podcast, <laughs> for the brand, I will. Okay, <laughs> you feel me? That's what we doing. But you already know, y'all, we got, a, we got a great episode for y'all, man. This is season four, episode eight. And you know what? Before we start off, let's clean you know, do some shout outs, man. First of all, shout yeah. out to, to Chan for last week's episode, man. Oh, thank you for man. the love we've been getting on, on the social media. Thank you for all the reach outs, for all the followers and supporters. We are glowing and glowing every week because of y'all, and we are charting because of y'all. So thank you for the support, man. It means yeah, a lot to us from you. the bottom yeah. of my heart, man. And you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna have fun, and we got a spend. Special guest. This queen right here, I've known for quite some time. First of all, first. She was one of the first Black women I've seen on LinkedIn doing her thing, and she's somebody who also helped inspire me, right? So she's the CEO of BWG's Business Solutions, which is an award-winning consultancy that specializes in helping organizations grow stronger through diversity, equity, and inclusion. She was also selected to give a TEDx talk on emotional intelligence and had the opportunity to collaborate with several companies and institutions, including Google, PBS, Simon & Schuster, Nordstrom, PayPal, Venmo, Amazon. You want to keep going? You know what I mean? She's the one. She's one of them ones, you know what I'm saying? Also the whole- to the dirty diversity podcast where they discuss all things dei she's the author of a forthcoming book and wrote two amazon best-selling books called dirty diversity and the pink elephant we'll have those links in the comments and also authored 400 articles in forbes and also a linkedin top voice with over 100k followers on the platform let's welcome dr janice to the building baby that was know. a
2: very great intro thank you so much for wow. for having me here
0: of wow. course, of course. That's what I wanna just say pleasure. is wow. No, it, it's real. Wow. The accolades is real. Wow. Real clean. speechless. Like wow. Real. So like, matter of fact, I w- I wanna know I would have loved to start from there. We don't go into the yeah. background yeah. and things like that. But like for yeah. me. Since I want to tell you on air before we begin. Like I said, I said earlier, but you were an inspiration to me. You, Madison. You know, Walt Gear. You know, I was the guy that was weird, a weird spot in sales, and like, what am I going to do? Let me go on LinkedIn and be myself. And I see you being yourself. I saw Maddie with the blue hair, and I said, this thing is possible. And that thing changed my life. And we're here because of that. So I want to thank you, and i it's an honor to have you here. Real talk.
2: Thank you so much. For yeah. I, I appreciate that, and you know, shout out to Maddie. Shout out to Walt. Shout out to all, the, all of Black LinkedIn.
0: Yeah, you know, it, it is a Black LinkedIn, y'all. You know what I'm saying? We all could have. It's only been so small, y'all. You know what I mean? But oh, we, hold on, I just want to say something.
1: For the yeah. listeners that, that paid attention, he introduced her as doctor. She was she was humble. Mm-hmm. She didn't put it in her name. Mm-hmm. You don't see the doctor in front of her name, but we're going to make her take her respect. That is Dr. Janice. You understand? She her as doctor. She earned that. She is a doctor. So that's Dr. J to you. No relation.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Chatio, for, for reminding Absolutely. the people to put some respect, some,
1: put some mandatory, respect you, queen. Mandatory, to. queen. You gotta put some respect on your name. So let's just, you know, let's start at the beginning. What we want to start at with this, with this journey, uh Mass. What we want to start. It's with. so many.
0: I, I want to go first right. of all I want to start with the LinkedIn since we were just talking okay. about it. Let's, let's start it. with the LinkedIn. When did your LinkedIn journey start? And how did you when did you start taking it serious as a platform for your business?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a Good question. I don't I've been on LinkedIn for like over 10 years now, Mm. but I didn't really like I feel like a lot of us got on LinkedIn, but we didn't really take it seriously. I got on it while I was in school and I just was like, "Mm, it's kind of stuff. You know, the platform is kind of like stuffy. It's not really my thing so i i never really got on it until maybe like 2017 is when i got my phd and i was like i need a job so let me get on linkedin (laughs) so i was on linkedin i was trying to connect with people i i just was about to start my consultancy and i was like i don't really know other people especially other black people that are doing this work let me try to like find out like what the pulse is on on mm. DEI work and, and any folks who are doing this because I was applying. I p- applied to over like 200 jobs. No one was trying to hire me, even though I had a Ph.D. All I had was teaching experience. Right. Cool. So people were like, yeah, you were a professor. But what does that have to do with corporate? So I struggled with finding work. Okay. So what really propelled me onto LinkedIn was like I needed a job and then i noticed how you could connect with so many people and it was it's not to me like any other platform i know jared we you and i have talked about this i feel like linkedin the ability to see other people's stuff is like you have the Explore page on instagram but i feel like linkedin is different where yeah. i might not ever interact with somebody but i'll see their content on my page i might just no. scroll on my profile so i think that the community that i see especially after the murder of George Floyd, like the black community specifically on LinkedIn is what really like draws me to stay on the platform.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you, you, I'm curious too, because I spoke to Maddie about this. She came on like a couple months ago. She said she was shadow Ben. What I love about you two, your, both of your content is, is very real. It's very direct. Have you dealt with anything like that with the platform where they suppress your views or anything like that? Did you have to overcome any of that stuff?
2: I do only when I talk about whiteness. Right. Ah. So there was um, some someone sent me a few years ago a a article about a white owned diversity, equity and inclusion company that secured over a million dollars of venture capital funding. And she sent it to me like, can you believe this? Like, do you think they would ever invest in our businesses like this? Right. So I posted about the company because not only was it white owned, it was a Canadian company. Right. Getting American VC funding and i just thought that was wild and so i called it out and i'm sure they they saw the post they reported the post and i got taken down for like i think they said i was bullying because i i'm for me I, i'm not like one of those people if i was a rapper i'm not going to like i'm i'm going to call you out right i'm not going to kind of like be subtle about it or do those subliminals yeah. so i tagged the company because i was speaking directly to them and i said I think it's just ridiculous that a company can kind of co-opt what many of us have already been doing and make money just because you're white owned and Mm. the post was taken down, right? So I know, I feel like on all these platforms, we have to know how to move. And I know certain ways to like maneuver. And even my book, my new book that's coming out, it has whiteness in the title. So I have to be like strategic with when I'm talking about it, how do I describe it without the post getting shadow banned?
0: Message. Crazy, but isn't that at the root of the issue?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's the that's the well, real you issue.
1: You don't want to get me started. I'm I'm Let me, gonna, let's, let's
0: keep it real. It. Let's keep this what is you know, more, more than a title, ain't it? What we do. <laughs> <laughs> my,
1: my thing is like um long story short, is it's amazing how it's amazing how we can have all these atrocities done to us. The news can show all these atrocities done to us, never a problem. Free speech all the way around. Mm-hmm. But the absolute moment we start speaking up and defending ourselves and just again, she's nonviolent, she didn't protest, she said this is my opinion on it. My opinion on my page, and it's a problem. I'm just gonna leave it at that.
0: I'm just gonna Absolutely. leave. it at that. Absolutely. And another thing, where we go, I'm gonna go deeper into that, bro. But I do right. want to say something that is funny. Five thousand Africans died in Libya this week. I haven't seen a post or anything on it. But when we go to the war with Ukraine and all that, they got banners, they got all that other shit. I just want to see fairness across the board. I'm pretty I mean, sure that's what you want, Dr. Janice. I mean, that's just what real.
2: Yeah, I think even like who we decide to give our attention to, yes. right? Um, we we There's like missing white woman syndrome where when it's a white woman, especially a blonde white woman, that gets headlines, right? Missed! Yeah. Is this missing woman, right? But when one of us goes missing or harm comes to us, you don't hear about it. You don't see people post about it the whole, you know, regardless of what we think about Carly Russell, I've never seen so many people rally behind a black person that was missing, that was supposedly missing like that. Right. I've never seen that before. You know, usually it's like you hear about it after the fact. Right. And so I think that it's so ironic that when you're even talking about this or calling it out, you get you, you get suppressed. So I think it's like many of us have to figure out a covert way to speak about these things so that we can still talk about it but our stuff doesn't get you know taken down our shadow ban
0: but it's so tiring being covert yeah. you know what i'm saying we got to do that shit in the workplace we got to do it online right you know the answer. You, you're i'm gonna put it out there you already know
1: you already know the the answer to what you just said right the the inevitable answer is this we need our own network that we support and we ain't got to worry about that plain mm-hmm. and simple that's when it. you keep joining other networks owned by not our culture, then we have to go through that. So eventually, I'm hoping somebody with some money, somebody with some influence and some power says, hey, I got all this money, can't spend it all. Why don't I just create something for the community so that my community can have full freedom of speech without the worry of being shadow banned, bullied, and put on timeout?" out. So, like, so
0: that's a good spot. But why do you both, I'm curious, why do you both think it hasn't happened already? We've got the Magic Johnsons, we got Billionaires, we got Diddy, we got... A lot of black billionaires, Robert uh, Robert Smith, or I think his name is,
2: right? Uh, Robert or, Johnson, I think, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, from uh, <laughs> yeah. Venture Capital Fund. He was just that, oh, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So mm-hmm. like, why hasn't that happened? Why don't we have a platform for black voices?
2: I think that's a whole nother thing because when we do have platforms, we have fan base, right? Yeah. But we have Spill or Spilt or whatever. But yeah. I, I just was, it was interesting to see like when threads came out, we all flocked to it because it, Instagram made it so easy. It was like seamlessly, yeah. in, you know, you integrate it into your, you don't have to re-earn uh, your followers. You're already getting the same amount of people. So it was so seamless, but we had this other platform spill. And for me, I was like, I'm going to download spill. Yeah. I'm going to try to figure out how to use it, but it's so easy to use threads, right? And so <laughs> I think that it's a combination of the fact that when it's our businesses, some of us don't. Like, we have a lower perception of Black-owned businesses. We have to be honest about that, mm. right? When you come t- into, we expect to get discounts sometimes. We expect to be like, yo, break me off with the deal. We expect lower quality because it's Black-owned, but we don't understand that, like, Threads had a head start. Instagram has, you know, Mark Zuckerberg and Meta behind them. So it's like, these other apps don't have that. And I think that one of the my issues with, I think it was spill it was that i heard one of the founders it was created by i believe two black men or one black man and one maybe latin american man something like that or maybe he's biracial but he said my app isn't our app isn't for everybody our app isn't just for black people it's for everybody and that kind of pissed me off because i feel like even when we create something that was specific to our, our culture, we feel like we have to be inclusive, right? Yeah. We feel like we have to, you know, like, I was watching the conversation happening with when Versus came out, right? And people were saying, oh, we should do, we should have these white artists on there now, right? So it's more inclusive and we should, and I'm just like, it's okay to keep things for culture and to gatekeep things that were created for our culture by our culture. But I think that like, we ha- we don't have a positive perception of black owned businesses. I think people are not as likely to support black owned businesses, mm-hmm. right, as they are to support like a Gucci or a Fendi or whatever the case may Talk be. So I think it. that that's part of it where there, there probably is a black owned LinkedIn. It's just we don't, we haven't heard about it. It doesn't receive the same visibility.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: you know, again, I'm going to keep it short. You know, um, lead is lead and I, and i stand by that i've lived my life by that um, leaders lead from the front so i don't i don't give nobody no excuses you understand again it is completely different when you're talking about somebody starting off at the bottom without a lot of resources monetary exposure you know black books that they can call connections it's not what you know it's who you know right we're not talking about those we're talking about the 1% we're talking about the ones that have money over money over money that you don't yeah. never have to work for generations and you'll never run out of money you don't need acceptance anymore like that's this is what i'm talking about like when is enough enough when do you say okay i've made it i don't care what nobody thinks i'm going for the culture and you can't stop me cuz i got the money and the resources to make it happen that hasn't happened and when that happens then we can have a different conversation
0: but is a reason i think there's a reason why that doesn't happen I'm not at that level, so I don't know what conversation is being had from a money perspective. But if you look at the example of what Ye did for speaking, I'm not saying the way he said was right or something like that. But they cut off his pipeline. You got a lot of deals. You got partnerships, sponsorships. You got. Okay. I'm okay. just saying. I'm just keeping it real. Let me, let me just say it to you, the, like that's that. the reality.
1: Let me say it again. Leaders lead from the front, and we're gonna get off of this because we you know yeah. we talk, I'm more um, Dr. Um, Jay. But perfect example, right? What our ancestors did, people that came before us with the civil rights movement and fighting and fighting and fighting, right? they knew that what they were doing might, one, put them in jail, two, cost them their lives, right? That happened multiple times, right? But they understood that it still needed to be done to affect generations moving forward. It's the only reason that we're sitting here having this conversation right now because of what our ancestors did to pave the road to do it for us. We have to, we owe it to ourselves and we owe it to our community to do the same thing. We have to get to a point where we can do something. We have the platform to do it. And we say, we're gonna do it regardless of what the the, the outcome is because this is important for our community. And we might not, um, ourselves benefit from it in our generations, but you pay it forward. It is our responsibility to now pay what we got to get us here and do it again for the future generations to get further. And that's that, it.
0: That, that's that's absolutely real, but not everybody has that. you know what I'm saying unfortunately, well,
1: everybody's not a leader though again. Yeah. you get one, one or two, three in a generation again, that's why I said, right? But you can't say that we have none. We, there's a lot of people in position to do it. You know what I mean? No, facts. But uh, you know, so we're gonna we're gonna get off of that. But you know, I, what I wanted to ask you, um, Doctor J, is you know, just like anything, right? You, how did you feel, right? And because you know, I um, I didn't I didn't go to college right away, really quickly, um, because I went into the Marine Corps because mentally I wasn't ready for college. Um, I scored very high on the SAT. I, I played sports. I had scholarships, but I knew that if I went to college, I would fail. Uh, because I would go to an HBCU and, and my mind wouldn't be right. So I didn't go right away. Right. So but I but I went to college later um, just to show my sons that even though I was already successful, I'm going to go back to school and, and get a formal education to show you that it still can be done at any age. Right. But I, I don't have a Ph.D. So, you know, how did you feel like that's a lot of dedication that that is a that is a tremendous amount of just hard work, you know, tunnel vision. Focusness, thesis, you know what I mean? Like everything that goes into getting this PhD. How did you feel when you have got to pretty much the highest level of education and you can't get a job? That that in itself is something serious. I feel like by you getting that PhD, almost every door to you know that that upper echelon level should have swung open to you because of your expertise.
0: Boy, y- y'all party now. Y'all <laughs> Let's get to it. Yeah
2: you're on mute. We, That's yeah. a, thank you. That's a great question. It was it was embarrassing because yeah. the same year that I graduated was actually the same year I was selected to do the TED Talk. So I was about to graduate or I was I defended my dissertation and I graduated in December, but I was about to graduate and everyone was excited about this TED Talk. And I was like, I'm struggling. I can't find a job, but I didn't want to tell anybody because it's like, Why did you get, you know, in people's minds, it's like, well, why did you get a PhD then? If Like, what's the point? Like all of these things. And I I was embarrassed. So I didn't tell people, you know, people didn't know I was like struggling to to find work. And I just was like, I can't find anything. Everyone's like, you're, you were a professor. You don't have corporate experience. And you're looking for, you know, like diversity manager roles. You don't have any on paper. It looked like I didn't have any diversity manager experience but i literally have been going into different places and facilitating conversations about race and racism i have a youtube channel i've had since 2011 where i've talked about these things and you know like i didn't look like on paper like i wrote a whole dissertation on bias in the hiring process but it's like oh but you don't have i don't have any fancy names on my resume i don't have the corporate traditional corporate experience so it was like i think a reminder of the importance of now that i look back like building my own right because now i feel like i don't know if i would ever go into a corporate role because of the the love that i like the the joy that i feel being able to wake up and do what i want right if i want to wake up and i don't feel well i'm gonna be like you know what I'm gonna cancel these these uh, client calls that I have and reschedule because today is not it, right? But I remember days where I would go in as a professor. I'm expected to answer emails over the weekend. If students have any inquiries, like I'm expected to always be on. And so it was it was a really sort of difficult time because as I'm graduating and walking across the stage, and my family and my friends are there, they're like, "Oh my gosh, what are you gonna do now?" And it's like, I don't even know, like i'm trying to figure out what i'm gonna do so i think that felt like a lot of pressure on my shoulders and that's you know another reason why i was like i need to be on linkedin looking for things and looking for opportunities because people assumed that i was like in a particular place but i I wasn't damn damn damn
0: oh that is so real and then, then what then what was it on linkedin or how did the first opportunity come about Right. So you went on LinkedIn. uh, You got the PhD. We were figuring out what was it. Was it a particular piece of content that took off and you like, this is it?
2: No, it wasn't even because I was like, I didn't know what I wanted to do. You know, when you get on a platform, like when I got on threads, I was like, I'm not a witty. I was never good at Twitter. I'm not like a witty person. I can't one liner. (laughs) Yeah, that's just not me. I always say if I was a rapper. I'm great at writing poetry, but I would never be able to freestyle. I'm just, my mind doesn't work that way. So I just was like, how am I going to approach threads, right? So when I got on LinkedIn and when I started getting active, I was like, how am I going to approach this? And I would just sit more like back and and watch what people were posting and Mm -hmm. interact with it and like it and comment. And you know, what's funny is uh, how I got the Forbes opportunity was because of LinkedIn, where Mm -hmm. I was just scrolling looking for opportunities, looking for opportunities, looking for any DEI speaking engagements because I hadn't started my company at this time. But I was like, anything related to, because I was like, I'm going to be a speaker. I'm going to be a consultant. Even though the business hasn't manifested, I'm going to do this. So any opportunity I was looking for and somebody I was connected with posted that there was like a conference in New York that was happening. So I was like, oh, I could do that, right? It wasn't paid. It was a free Type of conference i filled out something on the website and they were like oh we know that you filled out something for a solo session we think you'd be better with a, on a panel so they put me on a panel with an hr person and two other dei folks who were pretty high up in their company they did like you know dei roles in corporate and i was over here like i don't really like i felt you know inadequate yeah. and so we had the session you know they had adam grant as their uh, keynote speaker And so I was like, oh, this this conference must be legit in my mind. I was like, oh, because they have Adam Grant, they have this person. So after the conference, the next day I get an email from an editor at Forbes and she said, hey, I was in the audience at your session at that conference. Have you ever done any writing or are you interested in writing at Forbes? We have our career section, but we at the time Forbes didn't have like right now they have a DEI section. Forbes never had that before. So she was like, we're we're looking for somebody to write more about this particular topic. And you know, what was funny is that this was June of 2018. In January of 2018, I applied to Forbes coach. They have a coaches council. I applied to it. They rejected me. Right. I saw the rejection email. Wow. And I, they were like, oh, you're not well suited for the coaches council. So I just it was funny to me. I was like, yo, like the way that life works is just really funny. If I hadn't been scrolling on LinkedIn and decided to apply to that conference as a speaker, you know, now I'm getting an opportunity to write for Forbes. So I, she didn't know that I love to write and writing is my passion. So she's like, do you have any writing samples? And I had written maybe like two articles on LinkedIn. Right. And and my I had my dissertation, right? Other than that, I didn't have any writing samples. I'm sure I know Medium was around at this time, but I wasn't using nothing. Medium, yeah. So I didn't have any writing anywhere. I was like, wow. um, let me send you. So I sent her what was on LinkedIn and she's like, Oh, this is good. And that so that's how I got that. That was like the first time that I was like, Wow, LinkedIn is really powerful.
0: Right? Wow. You know,
1: she <laughs> the second period or where we at? no, there. no,
0: otherwise it's not going. There it <laughs> there, there it
1: goes. <laughs> no. So one of, the, one of the one of my most favorite things I like wow. to do is backtrack real quick, though, because you said something very important that we've been talking about and I've been fighting for since I've been working, right? The difference between the relation and you going to school and learning a medium and then getting a job that can actually make sense to the level of education that you have versus on the job training. So make this make sense for me. You want me to go to school and you want me to get an education, a formal education, associates, right? Which they say is, and eh, an something can't win. We know what we're talking about, right? Bachelors are better. So I get a bachelor's. Uh, then I go and get a master's, which enables me to go into this higher position that some of these positions require a master. Yeah. But guess what? I've never stepped foot on a job site. I could have came all the way through school, elementary, all the way into college. So technically, I have no technical experience at work, only fundamental knowledge that I've, I've been taught. So you make me do all of this, and then the moment that I apply, the first thing you say to me is, you have no experience. That, to me, is the most insane backwards system that I've ever heard of. How do I get the experience if you never give me the opportunity to get the job? And how do I get the job if the minimum requirement is the education? What, what are we talking about?
2: <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. And makes you know, no sense. you would, you would probably, Chadio, you'd probably be surprised at me saying this. And maybe people are surprised at me saying this. I just don't think college is for everybody. And I'm okay with that. As somebody who has had so much schooling, my parents are educators. <laughs> so it might be blasphemous to some people. But I just don't think I didn't need a PhD to be honest. It, it helped me think in a different way, but I could have been doing what I'm doing without a PhD, without a master's, without, like, I don't feel like you, I, I needed it. Sometimes people come to me and say, I'm starting in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space. What sort of certifications or education should I get? And I'm like, do you have a passion for it? I'm just like, you don't really need to Like, but as for me as a black woman, I think people are always second guessing me. So I felt like it would help me to be taken more seriously. Whereas like a white man that walks in is going to be seen as an expert. But me, it's like, oh, you know, what is her background? What is her career? So I feel like in that sense, that's why I felt like I needed something to solidify myself. But looking back, I didn't need to go into six figures worth of student loan debt. There it is. Do the things that I'm mm. doing right now. If yeah. I'm being a hundred percent honest, real. I real. am using my degree a hundred percent now through through my business. Right. But if I didn't start a business, I don't know where I would be.
1: That's there real. Is. And I'm yeah. and I'm glad you kept it all the way hundred because you know I was going there right. Along with this higher education comes this enormous amount of debt. That yeah. FYI. Unless you went to a specialty school, you never gave us financial services. You never gave us credit classes on how to do that. You never gave us any type of financial education to know how to manage credit cards or manage that. But you're throwing us in debt. Do you see the the, the loophole that they put you in? And I understand back in the day, like this is new age. And I understand whenever there's a system, it has to gradually change. Back in the day, it was... Almost like cliche, right? You had to have a big name. It was what name was on your degree. Not only did you have, a degree, but what name was on your degree? You could be a complete idiot, but uh-huh. you know, he Harvard. He went to Harvard, Yale, Notre Dame, Stanford. <laughs> yeah. Figures, and you could be a complete moron. But I feel like now people are realizing that that is not. It's, 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 it's. Do you know and do you have the passion for the work, right? And another thing you said that I want to jump on. Please don't ever listen. People are different. And people learn different and people operate different. Yes, college can be for some people. It's no disrespect to anybody. Mm -hmm. Like I said, I was successful without college. I was six figures without college. I could have made seven figures without college. I chose, I became a homeowner without college, 800 credit score without college. Mm -hmm. I chose to go back as just to be a role model for my kids to say, look, you can do it this way, but if you do it this way also, it helps. But there's no disrespect to anybody that never went to college. There are Mm -hmm. Fortune 500. They're a billionaire. Co- Walt Disney is a perfect example of somebody upside down, kicked out of school, college- you understand what I'm saying? That never went to college or never finished college and end up being one of the most influential people that developed the company in generations. So
0: it Man. is what it is. Yeah, it's real, yo. It I, is I, you know, and it's something I also wanted to, to talk about too. Like I'm curious because you started working with brands and you started like, what is something that you hear constantly? Because I also read your post about hair discrimination. Right. Mm-hmm. And that that yeah. was a touchy topic for me. I actually in my first job, I had braids down my back. I was a top employer. They sat me down in the room and I'm sitting there like, hey, what's going on? First of all, the end the end of the day, me and I think I'm getting fired and shit. I'm like, oh, no. You know what I'm saying? He like, looked at me dead in the eye and said, yo, um, the boy doesn't know you. You're doing great work. We love you, right? But maybe it's your appearance. And I literally just put a post out with this. I have baggy pants,
2: products. You gotta, you gotta run picture. that. If you got a picture, you gotta no, post he yeah, it. Absolutely.
0: He it. No, he, he I got the it. breaks. A
1: couple of weeks ago, you had put it up, right? With you in
0: front of the whiteboard or something like yeah, that. Yeah, when I was on the phone like this, I, I that was like the oh, day, yes, that was like a like week after. after. I yes. cut my hand. I was in a suited and booted. You said I didn't know mm-hmm. what to do. I put on the big Steve Harvey suit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you
2: look like
0: Allen Iverson on draft All day. <laughs> yeah.
2: The
0: Allen Iverson braids. <laughs> but that's yeah. what it But I could have, yeah. I had two choices at that point, right? I could have said, F you mm-hmm. stood on my morals. And guess what? I probably wouldn't be in the tech space right now.
1: Yeah.
0: After that, I, my second job after that was Con Lions. I was one of the first mm-hmm. black employees with a tape up. Now, would, yeah. I've that, would I have gotten that opportunity with braids down my back? Who knows? Right. So I'm curious, to like, on your take, like, what are some things that you see other Black professionals dealing with that are maybe not as talked about?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think hair discrimination now is finally getting more yeah, um, the attention. Yeah. More just, yeah. But it, it's hard because it's like, I always say, like, you know, I think people should rock the natural style, but also, like, if it's going to prevent you from keeping a job. It's like, we all have to eat. We all have to put food on the table. So it's like, sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. But I think that, I think the code switching is a is a big thing where it's like, for me, when I was in academia, I was the only black woman and the, the only black person in the department. And I was younger significantly than everyone else. And I just felt like I had to be fake. Like, I, I don't know anything about golf. I don't like... We don't listen, we don't do the same things, we don't listen to the same music. We don't, I'm not going out for beer. That's not really my thing. So it's like you have to like change so much of yourself. Or for me, I was just fake. You know, I just was would put on the smile. My mom calls it my white voice, right? And she's like, Oh, you, you know, whenever I pick up the phone, she's like, Go ahead, put on your white voice. You know, so it's like you have to sacrifice and change so much of yourself. I feel like in most cases as a black person, if you want to ascend, right, where someone might be like, well, Jared, who cares? It's just hair. Cut it off. What if you're Rastafarian and you have locks and it's, it's like there's spiritual significance to it? Why should I have to like sacrifice part of myself? And I feel like in corporate, I would say in a lot of cases in order to ascend as a black person in corporate. You have to like lose parts of yourself if you want to rise. They're not you're not going to get there being somebody that they think is rough around the edges. They're going to try to make you into the, the, the good black person that they think is acceptable to present to the company. And so I think that at some point or another, we all have to admit that if we want to rise in corporate. Right. And I don't judge anybody if that's what you want to do. Right. Yep. We all have to put food on the table. So if that's what you want to do, but I think just be honest about it. Right. Just yeah. be honest about the fact that like this is what it is. When you decide you want to be uh, an executive in these big corporate companies, I've never seen where I think Walter is Walter Gare is like one of the few examples yes. of someone who I don't know him well enough personally, but from the outside looking in, it seems like he hasn't sacrificed a lot of himself. Right. But He's I don't I rare. think that's very very rare. He seems like an anomaly.
0: He he is. I'll tell you right now what you see on LinkedIn is what he is. He's one of the realest most genuine down-to-earth brothers like I I'm, I'm supposed to shout, out the, shout wall. Out the wall. I'm supposed to go go get drinks with him downtown tonight. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to make it in time. That's yeah. oh No,
1: yeah, t- t- nah,
0: that's <laughs> real talk. He was coming to pick me up, man. You know I'm hurt, man. You know, yeah, man. I can't go oh. up there. We ain't gonna <laughs> never going to make it.
1: <laughs> I want to I want to I got to say it, you know. It's not what was the name you used for it? Hair discrimination? It's not hair discrimination. Yeah. Let's let's call it what it is, cultural discrimination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about what it really is real quick and get off it. right? Most Caucasian women, by genetic design, their hair is straight. Their hair is straight. Most of them have long mm-hmm. stringy hair, blonde, red, it doesn't matter. Yeah, they I mean, might get a little bit of curls. Their hairstyles are very, very minimal. A bob, mm-hmm. it's still straight. Part, it's still straight. Mm -hmm. it's our culture it's our culture it is what it is bro it's our culture that we have the curls and we sponge it it's our culture that has the the braids and the different styles of the braids our culture like you said the rastafari that believe the powers in the hair not only to grow your dreadlocks but to leave them that's the key rastafari Mm. don't style their dreadlocks they leave them and let them grow as as nature would have them grow right Mm -hmm. so again right when we're talking about hair discrimination it's not hair discrimination it's it's more discrimination towards our culture to mm-hmm. say we want you to what look more like us.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah
1: bottom line, right? Mm-hmm. And let me tell you before you even get to the executive level, how about this? And 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 I know Jared, you might have experienced this because you were a ball player also. My little brother um plays basketball and football. And my cousins, they um he plays overseas now and things of that nature. So they've been playing basketball their whole lives, but going towards high school when they got these scholarships to, to these um
0: Catholic schools, Catholic,
1: right? Yeah. Catholic schools, right? Yep. My brother had braids down his back. Right. Because we all have had hair. Right. I cut my braids. And one of the first things they said to him before he accepted the, the scholarship was, if you want to come here, you have to cut your braids. This yeah. is high school. Yeah. So to even get an education, you know that you're, you're, you're bringing me here, not even really because I'm smart, but because athletically, you know that I can bring accolades to your school, but you still want me to conform to a yeah. look. That you feel mm-hmm. like it's like you said less abrasive for the mm-hmm. culture whose culture yeah i'm representing That's my real. culture. so before you even get to the executive level a lot of kids that go to catholic schools experience this today
2: mm-hmm. so real. you know it, I, yeah you it's it's, it's it's um i'm sorry to um interrupt yeah. no, 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 you it's
1: good.
2: it's um it's really uh, you know upsetting and you said that and it reminded me of a situation i'm connected with somebody on um, Instagram, who is a vice principal or assistant principal, and he has been wearing his hat, his baseball cap, in the years that he's worked at this at this school. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, administration told him you can't wear your baseball cap. What does me having a baseball cap have to do with how I teach the students? Right. It has nothing to do with. Right. So he ended up, and I commend him because I know a lot of people were like, why not just take off the hat? You know, they made it a whole big thing. And he said, you know, forget job He left. And yeah. he was like, you know, because he said they put him on whatever, administrative leave yeah, or maybe, whatever, yeah. because yeah. he wouldn't take off the hat. You're going to lose. We're, we're in a teacher shortage. You're you're willing to lose a black male teacher because, mm. and so it's exactly, Chadio, like you said, it's, the culture, right? Because right. it's not just, it's our nails, it's our hair, it's our earrings, it's Thank what you. we wear, it's everything. So it's yeah. like, it's deeper than just the hair discrimination.
1: And pardon. real quick, when we getting <laughs> off it, real quick, and <laughs> we getting off it though, but but just, you know, look, look, he made the decision to leave, right? And I said this, and um, I think I said it on the Champ interview when I said these smart people, right? People with PhD. I'm getting on it real quick. Think about who designs the educational system. Right. Think about who puts out the curriculum for teaching our youth to better themselves, to not be, you know, a criminal and things of that nature. So you tell them you got a Ph.D., you got a Ph.D., you got a master's, you got all these smarts. And once again, you're valuing not what the person brings to teaching these youth to be better individuals, but you're valuing rather losing him and losing what he brings to the table for a a, a baseball cap.
0: It's a lesson they try to you know make an example. We, we, you know what I mean? Not many people are gonna right. make that sacrifice, man. Yeah. Especially I worked that hard over the baseball yeah. cap, but that's yeah. I had the I had the reverse effect. Yeah. Right. So when I started on the LinkedIn stuff and it started blowing up, I went to corporate, right? And I was working for a company. I went in there like this, and it had the reverse effect where people were starting to rock me more. Like I was starting the CEO, the CMO. Those are my people to this day, right? I, I went on mm-hmm. the first town hall meeting. I had my same same hat on. I come on the next town hall two weeks later. Mama got him cocked to the side, backwards. I'm, I'm like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah, now we talking. And that's and not that even a, a Yankee
1: effect.
0: hat, bro. And it's a sock, so I got my own swag, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what you I got my own swag. <laughs> that that <laughs> you ain't even repping That's
1: where you
2: from, That's bro. true. That's true. You got to repping
0: New i still branding. You ain't <laughs> branding. What's your shirt? Are you from New York. You ain't from let me see. Cop. Let me see your shirt. What you got on? What you got on? Let me see your shirt. I got on a bunny. They ain't no doubt, they ain't that more look than the title. That don't like OTB that digital. Look funny. <laughs>
1: Listen, it's pink and red is passed out, baby. You know, so I'm staying on. on you got brand.
2: it, you got a rep chat. You're not <laughs> repping for the brand, that,
1: Dr. J. <laughs> so, fellow,
2: you gotta be repping
1: the so, got to designed to merge. Ain't designed to merge. Come on, baby. <laughs> Listen, um, so you know, I, I commend you, right? Like I said, I commend you because. You made a decision not only to get your education, but to also put yourself in a financial situation where, guess what? If you didn't get a six figure job out the gate, if you got something for 60,000, 70,000 on an entry level, the question now is how do you survive? How do you survive as a woman that has spent all these years in her education? You're an adult. I don't know what kind of support system, if you have a family, because some people don't have family that can they can go and live with, right? So you still made the decision to do that. But if you, like you said, if you'd have gotten a job that didn't pay well, not only could you not have survived, because once you finish school, then that's when you start paying back these student loans at $13, $14, $1,500, $1,700 a month. You know what I mean? So I commend you and just, again, you know, It is a very difficult road that you've traveled. And that's why people have to put respect on your name. So let's get to the writing. So now you're writing. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're writing, right? Now, you know, I'm going to ask you now, right? So, so (laughs) this is funny. So they turned you down on the left side, but then gave you the job on the right side. Right. Mm -hmm. So now once you're in the company, did you ever apply back for that coaching position? Like, oh, by the way, I already work for you. (laughs)
2: You you know, no, I didn't because I just wanted to get my foot in the door because I know the cachet that comes with being affiliated or associated with Forbes. I just was like, oh, if I'm like connected to this, like it will help open. I just I was like, somebody just needs to give me the opportunity because I know what I'm capable of. It was just that no one was giving me the opportunity. I was like, I can prove to these people that I am worthy is how I was feeling. But like I did in in now looking back into it, the coaches council is more like a membership organization. You pay over a thousand. I believe you pay over a thousand dollars every year to be part of it. And you don't have as much freedom to write articles like I do. So it's like more of a brand builder to say, oh, I'm a Forbes coach. Right. But like when you think about what that really means, it's more so for like the branding of it, and for me, as somebody who's passionate about writing, I'm—I feel like I was—I'm in the right position, and that rejection was completely fine because I saved that email, right? Every rejection email I got, some of those companies are now the ones reaching out for me to consult for them. So Mrs- <laughs> it is. I'm like, okay, y'all turn me down, but look, you know, kind of look at me now.
0: Look at it now. Oh. Get, a, get an air horn! I can't <laughs> get the air horn quick enough. <laughs> but Dr. J, I'm also because what I, I like what I'm really impressed about, like you said, you 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 got into that you was doing you got your PhD, but then to go into the DEI work is not something that's it's not sexy, it's not something that pays a lot, it's something that's very hard. You need a lot of education on it. You need to and, and then still you can do all of that work and still feel like we haven't made a dent. Would well, do you think from the time you started to now, has there been any progress made in corporate in terms of diversity, you know, DEI? Because I feel like we were it was no cooler time to be black during George Floyd. Yeah. And what we're seeing now, we're seeing advertising dollars drop. We're seeing when people are tough times are going, who are the first ones getting fired is the black employees. Yeah. So, like, so w- with the work that you've seen, like, do you think we're we're making an impact? Like, and what can we do to make a bigger impact?
2: Yeah, that's such a good question. I think that a lot of the efforts that were made in 2020 are dwindling because for a, a number of different reasons. I saw backlash. I think when you focus too much on black people there is like this anger from non-Black people, if I'm going to be honest, right? That's why I'm not like, oh, POC, I'm Black, we're Black. And there are issues that are very specific to Black people. But I think that there is this sense of like, when you're focusing on Black people specifically, people feel like somehow you're taking energy or attention away from other Mm -hmm racially marginalized groups. And I think that it's okay to acknowledge that my journey as a black person has been different from your journey as a non-white, you know, person from a different group. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think that like, that's, that's one thing where I feel a lot of people are like, well, we did the black thing for a couple years. Like we can go back to what we were doing. And mm-hmm. then it's also like, you know, like you said, now that, we're in the economic situation that we're in a lot of companies are like oh we we over right in tech oh we overhire. we need to cut back now and yeah. who's the first to go black people and people you know people of color right. who is the uh what are the programs that are often cut dei programs because it's like we can't worry about making sure the most marginalized feel safe. We got to stay afloat as a company. So that's like the first thing that ends up getting cut. So I think that a lot of the progress that was made has either stopped or is being reversed, especially in those States like Florida, right. Where I'm just like, Oh, my hat goes off to the DEI folks who live in that state because you know, in 2020, Um, you know, luckily it didn't come to fruition, but Trump had a diversity ban where he essentially said, if you are providing training for federal agencies, if you use words like critical race theory or talk about how white people are, you know, racist, then you will not be able to get federal contracts. And Mm -hmm. so I had clients that were like, can we see your content before we decide to hire you? We have to make sure it's in compliance, right? And that was in 2020, Trump didn't end up winning the election. So that, you know, things never came to pass, but I can only imagine. And I think, I don't know if you both have been following what what happened with the fearless fund, which was a, a, it's a, a venture capital fund created by black women for black women and women of color. And a group of uh, non-Black women sued them, right? And they're what? saying that because they provide VC funding to Black women specifically, they said it is somehow against uh, you know, against the Civil Rights Act and a violation of the law. And it's, so it's this idea oh of like, oh, because we're focusing on Black people and helping Black people get resources and helping Black business owners get capital right? Oh no, like that's not, we want some of that too. We want a piece of the pie. And it's like black people were so far behind the race compared to everyone else, that if we're like in a race and black people have a backpack and bricks, in, I feel like by providing different policies, you're taking the bricks out, but they still have a backpack on and started the race further than everyone else. Yep. And it's like someone coming in and saying, it's unfair that you're taking the bricks out. It was already bricks. Yeah, it was already unfair to begin with. So I think that like things are starting to like, there's a lot of anti DEI stuff that's going around, but I do think that there is progress being made in different ways in different companies, and there's a lot of folks who are doing this work, so I'm hopeful that things will continue to progress, even though the progress is very slow. That's
0: as real as... I, I can't even say nothing. You're you potting right now, Dr. J.
2: You're right now.
0: You're right now. You know,
1: I, I, I sincerely appreciate real talk the mentality. Because Seriously. I get angry a lot of the times that I'm like, when is enough enough? Like, I feel like as a culture, you care, but you don't care enough until this shit hits your front door, right? So if something mm. happens, I'm like, let's say the George Floyd thing and all these other things, right? It, it takes for a tragedy to happen when when little things happen every single day that leads up to the tragedy that say, you don't see this coming? Like, you don't see this happening? But mama's the word, but mama's the word, right? Until it happens to you or your family, and then you want, you want the world to rally. Message!
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think that we don't under, we think uh, that like a lot of people kind of think, oh, it's just black people, right? Oh, it's just, no, it's literally like we're so interconnected. All of our oppressions are connected. So if I see you like hating Asian people, I know you don't like black people. I know you don't like gay people. I know you don't like trans people. So it's like it's, it affects all of us. And I don't think we see it like that. We kind of see it as like, oh, it's a black people thing. I'm not black, so it doesn't affect me. It's not my issue. And it's like, no, it's literally affecting all of us.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. You know, you know what you put up too the other day that, that had me crazy. And I saw it on Instagram right before you I was gonna post the same shit, the yeah. HBO doc that's coming out. Okay. Can, can, you, can, you, can you tell the people what that's about? And I would love to hear your take yeah. on that. We could just give yeah. them a quick, we got have a little yeah. dialogue on that. Um,
2: it's funny because they email, I get a lot of email pitches from people like, oh, can you do a Forbes article on this? So I got an email and it was intriguing, right? Because I'm like, oh, I watch HBO. And it was a, a documentary about a white woman named Renee Bach who went to Uganda. She has no medical training at all she went to Uganda. She started a nutrition center or medical center, and she was providing care to Ugandans. And she provided care to over a thousand people. And I think because of her care, she ended up killing a hundred Ugandan children. And the fact that a white woman from America with no medical training could come to an African country and start a, a of medical facility and nobody's questioning. Do you think a Ugandan could come here? First of all, you're not even coming to our country. Cause we, we stopping you at the, at the, at the front. Like, who are you? Why are you here? Yeah. But if you came with no credentials, like you didn't, there's no lick of medical training, right? And you want to open a medical center in the U.S.? that would never fly as a black. No, that would never happen. So it's like, she, she went over there killed a hundred kids, a hundred children. And it wasn't until this Ugandan, the Ugandan, I think government decided like, this is wrong. And we're going to pursue a case that anything happened to her. Right. And so HBO has a documentary on the whole situation, but was, what was frustrating was HBO, when they were advertising and marketing the documentary on Twitter, they were like, are good intentions enough And it's like why are you marketing it like our good she literally killed people she killed a hundred children you should say you know like you have to whoever's running their twitter page it just was like the way that they sort of softened the horrific things that this woman actually did it was just so frustrating
0: that, it, it, I'm not too for. I didn't read up on. It. I'm not too for. What end up actually happening Like, did she end up getting tried, or she's it's, on trial? What's going on? I, still I it's still pending. I think. Okay. Yeah.
2: It's it, there's no. So it's just kind of. I'm grateful that HBO is like bringing this story light work, to yeah. light because I was vaguely familiar with her, but like this happens a lot where white folks go into these like developing countries to save the the black and brown children there, and they end up causing more harm. It's
0: crazy. But then, then what is the solution to that? Because we're not saving our own either.
2: Well, that's a whole nother.
0: No, that's that's real, you know. But yeah. Chad, you, I'm surprised you ain't you ain't hear about that story. You ain't see the HBO thing? No, you're on mute, you're on mute, bro.
1: No, no, I got it. Um, I was doing something in the background, but you know, I didn't get a chance to to hear about this, so I'm not going to comment on it. Because I don't, I don't like to comment on things that I haven't done a, a certain amount of due diligence on, so I don't sound ignorant. So I will say that I have not heard of this, but by you guys bringing it up, I will make it a priority to do my due diligence and, and do some research on it, and then I'll have a comment later.
0: You, you went to I media training, and awesome.
1: shit, what the hell? <laughs> I'm be saying, that, you know, you know, no, again, you know to, no, that boy, that boy Potter, that boy media trained, you know, me, he ready? You don't have to know everything, but right? but it. Remember, we are authentic. Right, Absolutely. so when I, I when I speak of things, a lot of times you'll hear me say, "I got to do more research," but I've heard this and I know that, and what I, and and people know that when I say something, obviously I've done enough research to know what I'm talking about. I might not know a hundred percent on it, but I but on this thing I know nothing, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't want to even comment at all as to not sound ignorant and say something that might offend somebody when I don't know what I'm talking about. So on this one, I will bow out,
0: I gracefully bow out. Wow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not yeah not
2: I, sure. so I think it's <laughs> called com- complex right or savior something like that but if you look up white savior uganda hbo it'll pop up it's it's coming out i think next week or the week after that so
0: crazy crazy and then you know we we actually i know we're coming up on time too sis um i would love to know because you had you know accredited career what is one of your favorite moments in your career or or matter of fact that's that was two part what is one of your favorite moments in your career and what was one of your toughest moments in your career And how'd you overcome
2: That's a good question. I don't think I've ever been asked. What is one of my favorite moments in my career? I would say when I get like messages and emails from people after they they attend a workshop of mine. Like I did a workshop on hair discrimination, and um, after the workshop, this black girl emailed me and she was like, "I felt really seen in your workshop. Right? We've never had anybody come into the company and talk about these things before, so." I think that is something that really makes me happy because diversity training gets a really bad rap where people are like, Oh, it's, it's not effective. When we say it's not effective, we're measuring it by white standards. It's not effective Mm. if white people don't feel like it's effective. But if I go by the messages I get from non-white people who sit in my trainings, I see an effect, right? I, I feel like it is impacting them. So I would say that's probably one of the, the best moments in my career and I would say the most challenging is when I give a client advice and they go against my advice and like the and I talk to employees and they're kind of like nothing is changing in this company and I feel like they're not committed to dei and it's it's tough right if I'm in that position where I was hired to, Help them with DEI. I give leadership advice. They're not taking the advice. And then employees notice and they're like, this company's not committed to the stuff they say they're committed to. I think that happens a lot. That's been happening a lot more now. And it's frustrating because there's no leadership accountability. Like, how are leaders being held accountable for the environments that they're creating? So I was.
0: You're going off. You're going off. You're going off right now. but, But you know what that is? That's a checkbox. See, I know
1: about that. That's called checking off a box. Let yeah. me hire Dr. J for our inclusivity thing. That way we can check this box off as being compliant. Yep,
0: see, our, ERG, our ERG Thank program. You. Thank you.
1: Thank you. See, mm-hmm. see, that I know about. That's called checking off a box. So they're checking off a box, but their priority is not really listening to what you got to say. Now that I know about. Exactly. Know
2: about. And so I think that a lot, a lot of the reason why stuff failed after George Floyd was that it was so much check the box, check the box. Check no,
0: you know, like crazy. it
2: wasn't people weren't, we're doing it just because it was trendy.
0: Yeah.
1: But I mean, I'm curious be, before we, before we go, cause I know we're coming up on time yeah, yeah. So I have to get this out. I'm upset at you. No, I'm upset. Why because, is that? Because this interview, hmm. I need more. I need oh, more. I need and I know, more. I know you stuck on time, but this is, this is such a dope conversation. Super we, dope. That needs, yeah. that needs, that needs to be had. I'm inviting you. We have to have a part two. Please, yes. we have to have a part two because you have too much to say in this short time frame. And I feel like there's so much more that the people need to hear. This is what this platform we created it for, to get your voice out there, unfiltered, unchecked by, say whatever you want to say in the, in the tone and the voice that you scream if you want to scream because it yeah. needs the message needs to be heard.
2: That's so, a fact. I'm Thank you so steady. much, Jared, I'm gonna I'm gonna text you. I'm gonna be back in October. Let's okay. do
0: it. For people listening, yeah. I, I, yeah. first of all, you have an open invite whenever. I told I mean, you that. I said I would love for you to yeah. be here. because yeah. I, I, where, is, I think, oh, where are you, Doctor J? In, in New York, right? No, oh, in, are New you in New closer. York? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: I'm not, I'm oh. not a native, well, I'm not a Uh-oh. native, I always try to point that out, I'm like, I'm not a native New Yorker, I'm a, okay. from Virginia originally, but okay. yes, yeah. Wait,
0: what part of Virginia, what part?
2: <laughs> uh, I was going to ask Chadio, but you said you were in the Marines, because where yeah. I'm from in Norfolk, Norfolk. there's a lot, Norfolk. You a lot of
1: Navy, there's a lot of Navy, so I was like, that. no, but
2: not Marines <laughs> as much as Navy.
1: Yeah, I got a lot of family in Virginia, Norfolk, yeah, Richmond, Virginia, Petersburg. D, Richmond. Richmond ah, yeah. I went to
2: school in Richmond. Yeah. yeah
1: I just I came back last BSU. month.
2: I almost oh.
1: went to BSU. Thank thank God for oh. the Lord talking to me and saying, sit your way. My ass.
2: dad used to teach there. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. So we have to do this, right? First yeah. of all, like Jared said, you're in New York. So we're op- we're giving yeah. you an open invite. Um, whenever you, you know, like to meet up in person, we can meet somewhere and you know, get get something to eat and really break bread. Uh, because yeah. we need to have we need to further this conversation. Absolutely. But I'm also extending another formal invite. We need her back on more than the yes. title, uh, for part two. There has
0: to be a part two to this conversation. No, and you yeah. you kept it so you kept it so Absolutely. real. Like I just feel like we 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 need yeah. in certain topics and certain conversations, we need a female yeah. perspective. We have yeah. to. We need a female perspective and we want an, an educated female perspective. Yeah. A black queen on here that's gonna hey, keep it real. An ignorant
1: effect. one, right? Somebody that yep. can say no, I can back exactly what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so we're gonna
1: challenge it, some people, we're gonna challenge yeah. some
2: people, we're gonna try oh, to yeah. change the norms.
1: 100%. So that, I appreciate yeah. y'all. Thank
2: you so much yeah, for letting you me. Know share. When they
1: you let the people know where they come uh, from.
2: LinkedIn, I'm li- on LinkedIn mostly. Instagram be playing games. They be, <laughs> they be they be doing the most. So I don't. I'm on Instagram, but I'm on LinkedIn okay. more. So if you're on LinkedIn, you can find me at Janice I'm Sorry, and be sure to pick up my or pre-order my new book. That's coming out next month. Decentering whiteness in the workplace. We're
1: getting a copy of that. I promise
0: you yes, that. Facts, Absolutely. Facts, and, I, and I need, and I need no, a signature. I'm gonna no. no. no, bring it to you. Thank you, thank you. I meant to say that.
2: Y'all have to come to it. my it. Uh, book release, release party. I'm doing a book release party next month near Madison Square Garden. Y'all have to come.
0: No, done. No, done. Just send us the Pamela yeah, in, straight that's up. It. You know, and, I mean, and because
2: we were what? fans. I
1: might see a real talk on the spot with, with exactly. Dr. J on the spot. Like that exactly. Is real talk. Right? How many of us, How many of y'all showed up when she had an event? Real talk. How many people exactly. came out to support her in real time?
2: Yeah,
0: exactly. And we're going to do it. And you know what? We're also going to still work on, we want a a black LinkedIn event. We are going to do for black creators. We're still thinking and talking about it. We're trying to work the logistics out for those listening. We're going to make that happen. Can't tell you a day, but when we do... Yeah. It's, going to be it's lit, gonna be lit, y'all. We want nothing but realness, y'all. You J, connect, we want to connect, we want to build. I, you,
1: I will have one or more than a title shirt just for him.
2: Okay, you gotta black. you gotta rep for the brand it won't be black, bro. I'm probably yeah, <laughs> And I mean, we gotta like, get you oh, one too. We gotta yeah. get you yeah. one. Yes. Get yes. you one I'll, I'll I'll definitely rock it. it. I love to support black businesses, black brands, yeah. all of that.
1: So I gotta love. give a clap. No, I'm serious. That's that's no,
2: let's go. Thank you.
1: Dr. J, we appreciate you so much. We know you gotta go. We look forward to seeing you next month. uh, And we look forward to having you back on the show for part two. Ladies and gentlemen, we promise you and we deliver. We promise you and we deliver. Another amazing episode of Morning the Title The Gems That This Woman Has Just Dropped is just the beginning. It's opening doors for conversations that need to be had in this community. And you're going to hear it on this platform primarily
0: holla absolutely, absolutely and shout out to everybody on the comments out of everybody that's, that's on the check-in shout out to the youtube linkedin facebook fam we got some crazy episodes marcus floyd on tuesday ceo of horse kicks that brother is bad then crazy. we got natalie coming on so co-founder of poc stock and then next week the week after that we got the former middleweight champion Uh-oh. peter quillen coming to the building we got our yeah. foot on the gas
1: our foot yes. is on the gas i got some guests because <laughs> being be
0: authentic and being real being an us and, 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 and that's all we're going to have do
1: again we like to thank our exclusive partners we, yes. you know, we brought you by the Alive Podcast Network we're the Podcast first Network first black
0: owned women first owned podcast owned network like
1: by a black woman see we're not playing
0: we don't we, we talk love we walk it. it
1: what we doing I love it we be here
2: till next thank time y'all see y'all Bye. what you know about me seeing it all Just want
1: it all. Oh, what you know about?